Welcome, Samir, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. Yeah, hello, hello, Ryan. Thank you for uh, having me on this podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, prior to getting into our conversation, I wanted to have you do a quick introduction about yourself and the company for audience. I'm a veteran in the embedded space and the IoT space. Um, so I've uh, I've started my life as an engineer, and uh, I develop board embedded software. Um, I got four patents for various uh, projects I have done. And then I moved to the uh, product side and um, I, uh, I was in the semiconductor industry with uh, STMicro. I created the STM32 there. So I was really the original uh, product owner of the whole STM32 product line, which is now uh, very popular. Um, I also uh, work with uh, Renesas Electronics uh, and I was managing the Mac controllers and microprocessors for Renesas for all the American regions. Uh, and then uh, recently, so I joined uh, MicroEdge um, um, and uh, as a product chief product officer and the chief strategy officer. And uh, at MicroEdge, what we do, we provide, we bring the software capabilities that you have, let's say you have, uh, you, 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 that exist in the cloud and the IT space for a long time in the embedded space. And we do that by providing uh, what we call a virtual execution environment, which is a very unique uh, virtualization and containerization software that allows uh, people to write a code as if uh, they were containerized application and using high-level language. And this comes with many benefits in terms of uh, time to market, isolation of hardware, ability to use various, uh, various uh, hardware with the same code and reuse and port, and port your code very easily. Um, and the company is uh, has been in the business for um, a little uh, around 10 years, uh, and we are based in France and U the U.S. So I wanted to jump into a topic that I thought was really interesting to talk about based on kind of your all's approach and, and expertise. Um, and it comes, it, 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 the, the, the topic is software defined or the, I guess it's more of a software defined trend in the world of IOT that's kind of happening or starting to happen. What does that mean exactly? This is a subject dear to my heart uh, because we're a software company with hardware root, and um, I'm, I'm personally I'm a hardware expert with a software collaboration, and and Fred Riva, our CEO, is a software expert, is a computer science uh, guy, pure computer science with hardware collaboration. So it's a very good combination. And uh, what we do is really bring this software capability to uh, the IoT space, and um, uh, when you speak about software defined, uh, it's a trend that has been uh, in the industry for a very long time. If you think about it, the, the very, very software, the very first software defined thing was a software defined radio that people, uh, when they developed radio, they used to develop everything in hardware. And then one time a guy said, Oh, let's try to softwareize that and make it more programmable. And this was the very first. One, then you, you, you saw, uh, coming software defined networks when people were building big networks, they say, and particularly cellular networks, things like that. They say, what, why don't we make it more programmable, more portable, more, uh, flexible? And then, uh, the last, latest trend in software defined is a software defined car. You may, you may hear from the people in automotive, they say, oh, we are developing the software defined car and, uh, they try to, for the same, 
put everything more flexible, portable, and agile. And that's that's basically the 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 the, the idea of software defined. Software defined means that uh, you define you, you have a, a product that used to be purely hardware. So typically in IoT space, the, all the products were purely hardware, even mechanical. Like if you think about uh, a meter, it used to be electricity meter. It used to be just a mechanical meter. Now it's hardware plus software, but people still develop as if it was hardware. So they have they use method the methodology where they 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 have a waterfall method and and they define everything from the start and then develop it and it's not flexible. And the software defined trend means that make all this more like a software product, exactly like when you develop mobile mobile phone application or when you develop cloud application. Okay, so so the other pieces of the solution, the hardware, the connectivity, and things like that, how is that viewed in when you're thinking about more defining things based on the software? And are the other things more just kind of accompanying it in order to allow the solution to collect information, connect, send the data back and forth, those kinds of things? Or how is that? How does everything kind of fit together when you're coming at it from a software-defined kind of approach? Yeah. So so when you come with a software-defined approach, the the main thing that uh, I would say is uh, very relevant for the IoT is that uh, you develop with the idea that your software will evolve a lot. So that's the, the, the main, the main difference and the main mindset. It's exactly like in software. If you think about, you talk about, to, we talk with software people in the in the cloud or in IT. They just do sprints. They, they have agile methodology and they do sprint. And every let's say 15 days, they, there is a new a new a new version of the product. Kind of a new version of the product, and this is something that was unheard for in the in the IoT space. Uh, that means this will happen. So this will uh, happen. Look, more updates. That's one one aspect. Very often updates, and then uh, using the the connectivity part of the IoT, the fact that you're always connected, uh, you can also uh, provision uh, new services to your device. So your device will become another. Type of device we, with the, the life of the during the life of the product, and, and this comes with uh, two two aspects. One is that you can customize your product later when after shipment, and then you can bring also new services that you you can monetize. And let me ask the last question around this topic: is if if I'm listening to this, what are the biggest benefits of the software kind of defined trend for? For businesses, I, you mentioned kind of the flexibility, being more agile, things like that. But just kind of to sum it up, what are those big benefits that are that approaching it from this side versus maybe how things have been done before that people don't realize or need to understand? The first benefit is that you can have a, a product that are much more tuned to the end customer. So uh, you can segment for niche markets very easily because uh, you use software that is very flexible. So it's very easy for you to uh, create um, a software for your hardware that is dedicated for each niche. Okay, so that's the first aspect. So we call it, they call that hyper segmentation. And we have an example, for instance, one customer of us, uh, Zebra, that is uh, developing printers. They were able to customize the printer for their end user. So for instance, one of their end user was uh, FedEx. They have a, a printer, especially for FedEx, with everything uh, tuned for FedEx. And then one of their customers was UPS. And they drop everything for UPS. It was very customized for UPS. So that that's one aspect. So this customization, hyper segmentation. Um, so that's one. The, the second thing, the second uh, thing that uh, that you you could uh, benefit for the the, the 
company is um, you can also, as I said, add um, services after the fact. And uh, this is we can call them apps. It's really like your your mobile phone apps when you 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 download apps, except that it's in the context of a business to business, or it could be also a business to to consumer aspect. But um, so this this enable you to create really new services and new uh, new 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 product. Uh, and we have one case with uh, uh, a Gear, one of our customer in the in the metering space. So they have an electricity meter. They call it uh, Revelo. And this uh, electricity meter is customizable by the utility companies. And utility companies can provide, can uh, provision some applications, some services, like, for instance, how to manage your solar panels or how to manage your electricity and so on. And that help, that help them manage the grid and that also help them provide services, paid services to the end customer, the end user. One of the things I wanted to ask you, so when we're talking about software, and building IoT solutions, sustainability is a topic that comes up a lot, um, it's especially now. Uh, it's it's a more of a, a hot topic to discuss. So tell me about your all's perspective, or just how do you think about sustainability when it comes to IoT? Because there's this kind of, I've heard the phrase thrown around around green software, and I'd like to kind of better understand what that exactly means. Um, because when we think about software, a lot of our listeners think about software, we don't think about it in any other way or really connected necessarily to sustainability. So what is what is green what does green software mean and how does that kind of contribute to the sustainability goals that you know a lot of companies have when it comes to IoT? So so sustainability is very it's a very important topic right now is uh, in the industry. So you know that today uh, the old uh, ICT so uh, it's a IT and com- communication and telecommunication uh, contribution to to uh, a greenhouse gas is like four percent, but it's planned to be fourteen percent uh, by two thousand thirty. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty high. It's starting to grow because all the other industries are reducing their their footprint, like even the the big contributors. So now it's very visible. Uh, everything related to electronics. Um, so, so it's definitely, as you said, many companies have this climate pledge and they, they want to do a better for the climate. Uh, and, uh, um, when we talk, think about IoT products, it has an impact because it's not because the product is consumed a lot. Uh, an IoT product doesn't consume much, but because there are so many of them. So we have, if we think about like 30 billion IoT products, connected IoT products, that's a lot of products. So even the small contribution can have a big impact. So, um, one, when, when you, you talk about green software is means that, okay, let's, you can, yeah, there are the different ways to do software, but there is a way, let's do a, a let's do it in a way that is uh, the most optimized in terms of power. And what it means, it starts already with the, the choice of the platform that you use for your software development. Um, as I mentioned, uh, there is a strength for, uh, uh, software defined products. So everybody is moving and jumping on the, uh, on the train. Uh, but there are several ways to do it, to achieve it. And, and one way, which is the way that many people coming from the IT world took is to say, Oh, we have Linux and Android technology that works in the cloud. Let's use it in IoT products. And that gives you products like the Google Nest thermostat, which is Linux Android based, or, uh, I would say, uh, the, the Android watch, which is uh, completely based on Android, so you can have uh, Wear OS watches and so on. 
But these, the problem with this technology, they are perfect, perfectly good in terms of uh, software, uh, and they are very great to do software-defined uh, solutions, but they require lots of hardware uh, resources. So lots of memory, lots of performance, and at the end, lots of, they, they consume a lot of power. What uh, uh, is the best approach when you want to do, uh, to do good for the planet is to optimize, to choose a solution that is optimized. And, and uh, at MicroEdge, that's really what, what we provide. In fact, we, people call us the tiny sibling of Android. So it's really like the same technology as you have with Android, but 1,000 times more optimized. So we can run on microcontrollers and uh, like starting with Cortex-MDO, so very, very, very simple microcontrollers. And that means that you use a product that is less costly. So cost as a big, the, 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 I would say the hardware as a, it's, it's around 50 to 80% of the contribution for the green as emission. So already choosing a hardware, uh, uh, that is less costly, that is smaller, you save a lot of, uh, uh, gas. And then it is much better in terms of power. For instance, one of our customers, Polar, uh, they have a smartwatch that is powered by MacroEdge and they are able to, to move from one day with the Android watch to uh, more than seven days of, uh, of operation uh, with a single charge. So this is, um, yeah, this is uh, the, 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 the best way, in fact, to degrade software is to use the most optimized uh, hardware for your software. Do you ever run into situations where you're not able, not necessarily you all, but is there ever a situation do you kind of envision where there's you're not able to maybe develop it as sustainably as you'd like to because of it creates too limiting of the experience for what the use case requires from either a power consumption standpoint, or is there always ways that optimization can be done? It just may only go to a certain extent because obviously you can't pull everything out of a solution that you know, needs certain power consumption, needs certain different elements that are important to it. Like, how, how do you kind of, is, is that something ever that you, you have to worry about? I think it's a trade-off. What we see is that it must be, if, if you, you need to be serious about your green initiative, and, uh, and sometimes some companies just do some greenwashing, so they say, yeah, we'll do green, green, green. But when you talk to them, they say, no, no, we want to do test, 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 to performance. It's better for us and cost is more, is more important than green. I would say the objective of being green needs to be uh, at the same level as the other objective. And if it's at the same level objective is that you can put the time and effort to the best optimized uh, solution. So it's really about uh, putting the time and effort into, into this. When it comes to the design elements of it, and you're thinking about all the different pieces, what, it, what does it mean when you say sustainable design principles? Is that just kind of the, be the best practices and the things that you try to follow when it comes to designing the system and the solution as a whole? Is that kind of when, when that's used, is that what you're talking about? To put the, uh, the optimization at the, at the core of your design. So, not not, so what we see again is company that for the comfort of the engineer, so because they like some tools or some software, they will choose a solution that is completely suboptimal. So like, in fact, we... You know, we, we are reading, and I'm pretty sure if you follow the industry, we, there is a big, uh, I would say, um, uh, lots, lots of, uh, press around the Kubernetes and containers for this kind of Docker solution for, for the embedded space. But it is again very unoptimized, very costly. So if you want to, to use Docker and Kubernetes for your uh, embedded space at one time, Microsoft tried to do that. Also, they say, oh, we're going to put Kubernetes and, and, uh, uh, 
and Docker's everywhere, uh, it means that you need a very powerful hardware with lots of uh, power consumption and lots of cost. Uh, it's not sustainable at all. It's just for the comfort of the engineer. So um, this you know, is definitely not a the sustainable way. You you have really to to think about. Okay, no, that's sustainability is our goal, and comfort engineer will come after. Uh, but there are solutions that provide almost the same comfort and the same uh, uh, functionality as, let's say, the, the, the virtual containers from MicroEdge. Well, Samir, thank you so much for taking the time to chat about this. We've talked about sustainability before, but we really haven't broken down and talked more in depth about the, the elements that go into really contributing sustainability on the software side and the software development side. So that software divine trend, the green software that we're talking about today. So I'm glad we were able to kind of explain that to our audience and really shed light on what's going on. It sounds like there's a lot of exciting things going on in MicroEdge regarding how you all are able to bring these solutions to life and follow these principles and really build something that, that does kind of meet these sustainability uh, topics that we're talking about. For our audience who wants to learn more, follow up, engage further, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, sure. They can uh, go on our website, so www.microedge.com. Uh, and they can also um, contact me on LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn. So Samir Haddad, just send me a message and, and I will reply. Well, Samir, thank you again so much. I uh, look forward to getting this out for our audience. Thank you very much, Ryan. 